welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Got a good episode for you today. Before we get to that real quick, um, kind of uh, not last call. You still got a couple weeks, but uh, getting close here to the premiere of Women Want Everything. If you are a local, come check it out. It's in downtown St. Pete. You can meet me there. Yeah, and by local, I mean to the Tampa Bay area. Um, and if you're not local, uh, you know, maybe make a trip of it. <laughs> um, showings at four o'clock and seven o'clock. <clears throat> the ticket link will be in the show notes, uh, right near the trailer. Uh, and in celebration of the premiere, um, the following, the next two weeks, we'll have three episodes. So not today, obviously, but the next two Mondays and a Thursday, uh, we'll have three episodes, bonus episodes uh, of interviews with cast and uh, of Women Want Everything. So I've got Quintari Walker, who is an actor who is also one of the leads, plays Marcus. Uh, I've got Bree Burke, who plays Tina, I believe, who is... Uh, she's actually, uh, the funny thing is you go on IMDb, her name is right next to mine. Never met her on the set. Didn't have a scene together. So, uh, that was, uh, you know, had a conversation with her. And then I also had the, a wonderful conversation, uh, with the director of the film and the star of the film and the writer of the film and the producer of the film, Rod Grant. Uh, so stay tuned for all of those, uh, get to know those three lovely people. And, uh, again, if you, if you go out to the premiere, you can meet them in person and myself. Um, so appreciate that. Got some more stuff in the works in the, uh, in the acting department. Um, uh, a couple more roles, uh. My, my audition percentage rate is uh, it's pretty high. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through quite a uh, quite a slump here soon to get that batting average down to uh, league league normal. Um, today's episode is wonderful. It is with Michelle Hoffman. Uh, she is a, uh, a relationship coach, um, a life coach. Um, she is a two-time international best-selling author on love, personal, and professional relationships. Uh, it, it's a it's a a conversation that that uh, I, I would say focuses a lot on me, but also I, I feel like everybody can can I, I know for a fact everyone can get something from what Michelle teaches. Uh, but even this conversation, while it is a little Jeff centric. Um, I, I think there are very easy digestible bits of knowledge, uh, that, that you will be able to glean, uh, from Michelle. So, uh, check out, uh, well, enjoy our conversation and, uh, of course, check out her books and her website. Everything is in the show notes below. 
Um, let's just dive right on into the conversation after we pay these bills. Hey folks, you know, I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot, uh, with my own struggles. Uh, a lot of times I'll talk to guests about their struggles. And, uh, that being said, I, uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Michelle Hoffman to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you, Michelle? Oh my God, Jeff, I am celebrating life and love again. One of my clients called me last night and she came to me because she was alone and lonely and consistently running into these negative relationships. And she was just like, I'm clearly not doing this on my own. I'm picking the wrong people and I've just had it. So she came to me and we started working together and it was super easy to work with her. She was amazing. She's like, how did I not figure this out before? It's so, it's so much easier this way. I said, mm-hmm. And very quickly, she found the partner of her dreams and she called me last night to tell me that they are about to announce their engagement. And wow. I got to know first. I just got goosebumps on that one. That is special. <laughs> that is very cool. I know. And the greatest thing of that, it happened again this afternoon. What? Another person. And two nights ago, I get this every single week. It's like the funnest, funnest opportunity in life to help people. I, I feel very, very fortunate that I get to be a catalyst at all to help people find love now. So awesome. Yeah, and are these people who both came to you separately or just one came to you and you guided her down the path that led to? So, no, people come to me. Evidently, I've been doing this my whole life, but people come to me very specifically now to find the right partner in their lives because, and so these were totally different um, and on different parts of the world, actually. Um, cause I've got clients all over the world and, you know, they come to me and they're just, it's like, all right, I heard about you from a friend or I saw you here and then they'll reach out to me and they're like, okay, I'm unmatchable or 
um, that was one of them who was saying, I'm unmatchable. I'm like, no, you're not. You're awesome. And, you know, in that case, he was saying, you know, it's just that I want something very, very specific. And I'm like, no, that's even better. And he's like, what? And um, so I'm like, that's easier to find the needle in the haystack when it's so much easier to clear the haystack, right? Mm, um, right. So if you're looking for something, it's easier to have an idea of what it is you're looking for. Then you'll know it when you see it. And then working with me, he was clearly able to let her know that he was the right one for her once he identified that she was the right one for him. And um, he's just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So happy. So this other one. Um, and I think this is actually what you're what we wanted to talk about here. She came to me. Um, she's a little competitive very successful professionally and her ex-husband has gotten a girlfriend and she's competitive like I said and she's like it's time I need to have a boyfriend because I can't be left behind so we started working together and um one of the questions that I ask people uh is you know if we decide to work together how might you sabotage our work? And she gave me a list as long as two arms. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm set up for here. I can take this on. I'm ready. And what she really needed was to understand how relationships work. And um, you, you and I were talking, I call it in the green room. So before we were recording about professional relationships versus personal relationships mm -hmm. and here's the thing all relationships follow the same cycle from chemistry to casual to committed and so with this particular person once i showed her how all relationships work professionally which she thought she had a handle on she's got a very successful organization but once she saw the patterns then she was brave enough to say, okay, I'm ready to do this in my personal life. Um, because she didn't realize that she wasn't following chemistry casual to committed in her personal life. She was doing it in her professional life. So it's very interesting how the those two things line up. And if you'd like, I can give you the parallel. Yeah, well, and I, uh, even off the jump, it's interesting... Well, I mean, with, uh, I, I guess it's not, in my head, I, uh, when you said chemistry, casual, committed, I'm and, you know, I, I'm assuming in that order is kind of the, the right path. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, I'm jumping back to, well, when you when you work in an office, you, you don't necessarily have a choice of whether you have chemistry with your coworkers. They're, they're there, you're there. Um, so my first, you know, my first thought is, can you flip them or is it always really the key to a success? <laughs> Meaning can you start casual and find chemistry or you really need the chemistry to find kind of a casual. So we can start with the professional, but I'm going to give you an example of when you jump in. So I know in many cultures throughout the world, the, an arranged marriage is, um, is an accepted norm. Mm. 
So and that's an example of it feels like, or we would make the assumption that that committed starts first, right? But it's actually not the case because this works on a spiral. And I'll walk you through the cycle um, because let's just, we'll, I can give you an example with an arranged marriage, or I can give you an example with um, like a, a job or career that somebody that you inherited from your family. So basically you're like, Ugh, I'm already in the commitment phase, right? It's like a responsibility, you're obligated and it's like, oosh. And sometimes it feels like, how did I inherit this? But that's actually not the only option because and in the case of an arranged situation, it could be personal or professional. Let's say it's an arranged marriage. The people who have arranged this marriage have done all the groundwork supposedly, and the entire community is very excited and you are walking up to connect with someone who is going to be your destiny. Now, if we're going to play this in a way that might not be quite so grandiose, um, the we could say maybe you're looking for the right career opportunity or maybe you're looking for a date. So I've just now connected all of those things as the same moment on that cycle. The law of attraction is going to bring you together. It's going to be very exciting. And in the arranged marriage scenario, you are literally coming together. There's an adrenaline rush in this. It is a very exciting moment, an unveiling. It's like, <gasps> The whole community is lifting you up at the beginning of this connection. That then you've got a dopamine rush, you've got the oxytocin, natural hormones rising organically in your body. If that's the cuddle drug that inspires us to reach out and ally with others. And then, and I'll go down the path with the arranged marriage. Then here you're seeing this person who you, who's going to be your world. Let's find this out. That starts forward into the chemistry phase of the relationship, even though there was a assumptive commitment at the beginning. All right, let's take that to something that we here know, and I wouldn't say love, but we know it's an accepted practice that let's say you're ready to find a job. And you know, you can do the what color is your parachute? What are you looking for? What's the right fit? Do you like indoors, outdoors? Do you like, you know, whatever? And then what we do is we put together a CV or a resume. And that resume is going to represent us in many ways. So we want to make sure that that resume is representing us accurately, right? right. Because then you're going to target companies that you feel like have similar core values as you and that you think it would be really cool to represent and that you've got something impactful to contribute to that organization so that that relationship, that professional relationship would be successful. So you put together your resume, you send it out into the ethers or you network, so you find someone, you have the job interview. So that's a key moment in time. That's a touch point. And then you really start to figure out, is this going to be the right fit opportunity for me 
And the employer is going to say, is this the right fit candidate for this role? That again is the law of attraction bringing you together. And it's kind of like the date, that interview. Okay, so let's go. I'm kind of going in a circle here um, with personal relationships. If we're going to, and we'll talk about intimate ones, but the art of relationshiping is about all relationships, the relationship with your inner voice, yourself, your body, your career, your relationship with money, your relationship with your intimate partner, your kids, your family, parent-child relationship where you're the parent, parent parent-child relationship where you're the child, all relationships. All right, but let's say you're looking for the right fit partner, somebody who you feel safe with, comfortable with, who makes you laugh, who you want to go to bed with and wake up with, somebody who you know has your back and who will look out for you, someone who you really want to celebrate life's celebrations and you're willing and interested and knowing that they're going to be a partner when you need to face life's challenges together. That's who you're looking for. Then you're going to put together a personal profile so that you understand where you are at in life right now, based on who you've been and who you are now, and decide who you want to become, because that helps you identify what I call the lifeline of your relationship arc. Where are you at in life? And where do you want to go? So if you can find someone at a similar intersection with similar ideas of what life is about, it makes the whole relationship that much easier and more fun. Whereas if you're looking for someone who maybe would have been good for you 20 years ago, that's fine too, but realize they probably have a different idea of where they're at in their relationship arc in their life in that lifeline of what they want do you want a job do you want a family do you want kids do you want to build a house do you just want to share a companion experience to to live every day in the world so it's a very similar thing and you can take that information from the personal profile which includes core values and all the other um things that people look for in partnerships they tend to look for those first like faith family fitness fun, physical, finance, intellect, culture, those kinds of things, people look for that first, but it's really the third thing you should look for. So then you put together an online profile, online profile, resume, get it? So the online profile is going to help you target who the right person will be to invite into your life. And your resume is going to help you Um, represent yourself once you've targeted an organization that you would also like to partner with. So personal and professional relationships are very similar in that regard. And that's just the chemistry phase. That's all. (laughs) Well, I know there was a lot there. I can, shall I tell you the rest of the chemistry casual commitment? while you're thinking of your next question or you want to use or something no, you want sure. uh yeah no and i i love the example because oddly enough arranged marriage has come up a couple times in this podcast in the last month or two um and i i believe you probably could tell me if i'm wrong on this but i believe the stats are like they're much more successful as far as like staying together and everything than western marriages um and I, I, I say that as a divorce guy. So. Okay, well, here's the deal. In an arranged marriage, you've got people who are putting together 
and putting things in the right order. And this is a lot of what I help people with. The right order is where are you at in life? What would you like out of the rest of your life? That's the first layer. So when families are looking to help ensure or a matchmaker, hopefully, is looking to help ensure that this is the right fit for you, that's the first thing that they should be looking for. Matchmakers will reach out to me to help guide them in this and help someone with the relationship skills to ensure that that relationship works. Then the second is aligning your core values. And when I do workshops uh, uh, in business, like business consulting types things, to spark talent, to ignite winning teams, creating valuable results, everybody comes to work with their core values already intact and you walk into the workplace and they can change over time, but your value system is going to help you make decisions. So if your top five values are teamwork, accountability, um, personal success, achievement, career growth, uh, integrity, fun, whatever they are, you know, loyalty, faith, whatever yours are, those are how you make big decisions in your life. So it's really lovely to align those with the organization's mission and vision. And when I was managing groups of people, I had 50 people reporting to me at any time, at any point in time as a professional, I would pull everyone together and be authentic and genuine to who you are, because you can't, you can't sustain not being your authentic self for any length of time. That's one of the big secret tips. I would say, if you're looking to invite a new partner in, you need to ensure that you are showing who you are genuinely. I I I have to jump in there because I do I do like to say, although uh, you know maybe there's some debate on this with some of my friends. I'm a very authentic, genuine person I, all the time, uh, and uh, that's usually what scares the uh, the romantic uh, people away. <laughs> Well, if you want to dig down on that, we can. We can do a little bit of a deep dive on that because being genuine will, it depends on the messages that you're sending. It sounds to me that the message you're sending may be a little out of alignment to attract the right person who will be totally psyched about the way that you're presenting that. So are you picking the wrong people? Or are you sending the wrong message would be my question. And we can talk about it if you want. Let's go. Yeah, sure. Uh, probably both is the answer. <laughs> I mean, I know, like, if when when you said you asked your uh, your uh, the lady her list of how she could sabotage, I almost reached over here and said, "I got the answer right here for me." <laughs> um, now, to be clear, uh, listeners, I, I just waved the bottle of alcohol. Um, it, it to be clear, I'm a very happy and friendly drunk. I'm not a violent drunk. I'm not an angry drunk. Nothing like that. I like to drink, though. I just no, I just enjoy it. Uh, it quiets my brain. It's not like a... I, I don't... When I have my kids, 50% of the time, I don't drink an ounce of alcohol. So it's not like a chemical thing or anything like that. I just... When I don't have my kids, I, I enjoy drinking alcohol. Um, so I think that's, that's part of it. I think, you know, I, I always say you look more at the you look too much at the quantity instead of the the outcome. Um, some people drink six beers and go drive their car into a telephone pole. 
uh, I can drink one of these bottles and I'll end up just going to bed in my bed. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario is I don't brush my teeth before I go to bed. <laughs> maybe, maybe not the greatest, but, you know, still, like, it's not like, a, you know, it's not like I'm waking up in a ditch. I, I <laughs> Okay, so there's a reason that you're bringing this up. How do yeah. you think that's... Um... <laughs> How do you think that is shutting a gate on romantic relationships for you? Um, my hunch is that uh, I, I, my hunch is that most people assume eventually there's a rock bottom to come that I haven't hit. That's that's kind of my assumption. Uh, I I used to assume that about myself too, and then I'm like, I I don't I don't think so. I think it's just the way the way i the way i am i'm just i could you know so let's just say <laughs> i mean for for the moment let's let let's um you can hold your bottle we're not taking anything away from you but let's just say that that has nothing to do with the messages that you're sending and who you'd like to attract into your life and how you would align someone to invite them in to the chemistry phase of a relationship, which then is going to cause this natural euphoria, like eating too much chocolate. Like, you know, when the phone rings, you're going to be like, <gasps> you get a dopamine hit because you're like, I hope it's my person thinking of me. Mm. And so this just, ah, this lovely feeling. So it sounds like we need to get you there before we get into the casual phase and we can go there. But so what what do you think that the messages are that you're sending that because if you're saying my best friend is this bottle of alcohol and there's no room for you in the bed um that's a clear message i yeah i haven't considered that but i do think uh i do think anyone who knows me knows that first of all my kids you know that's that's first before anything else and second well i the people who really know me now would say second is my career slash alcohol which you know i'm not drinking during this podcast but normally i can combine the two <laughs> it works well <laughs> so okay that's fine i'm not telling you not to i'm not but where is there a place for a partner are they third or fourth uh, and will it be fourth or can they be like number one on the alternate weeks when you don't have the kids? They could be number one on the alternate weeks. Okay. Yes. Now that's and and I wonder sometimes if that creates problems too, because generally when I meet someone, you know, I'm not good on the apps and everything. I'm much more charming in real life than I am on photos and, and computers. Yep, that's that's um, common. So I, you know, and so I, I, I meet people on a Friday night or a Saturday and I realize, okay, well, I have my kids next weekend. I got to ask this person out on a date the next day. And I feel like that puts a weird pressure cooker situation kind of um for both me and her but for different reasons and it's you know it's a i don't know if that a lot of times i think that little sizzle you get in the beginning when you first meet would be better to let it sizzle like you know if i had a week to let it kind of 
text back and forth, maybe, and then me. I don't know. I I, I wonder if that's oh the stories <laughs> tell ourselves. I can see from your face that that's not the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's not the answer. Okay, I'm going to use um my client who was competing with her ex husband as an example again. And again, we needed to start in the professional relationshiping side of things. And she had an employee who during the week, she was, you know, she was like, this is great. This is great. And she checked in with this employee. All good, right? Yep, yep. It was a Friday afternoon. Everything's great. And then by Friday, end of business day, she went out and looked at her desk and there was a letter of resignation on the desk. So she calls me up and she says, Michelle, you're like the only person I know who will allow me to lick my wounds and then just actually help me with this. And I said, absolutely, I will. Um, I'm all about all relationships. This is the relationship with her professional success, her employees, with her own self and how she's going to connect and manage her employees, all of it. So I said, you know, if I'm not a healthcare provider, I'm not an accountant, I'm not an attorney, and I'm not your lover. So those things are all off the table. If we need someone like that, we can go find an expert on those things. But I am your coach here. And just for the record, I have hired and trained and helped people promote their careers from an entry-level job to, you know, CEO and owner, successful business owner. So for me to help you hire a new employee, that is like no nothing. So easy for me. And so I often ask, would you like me to listen, guide, or help? And this was her on this one saying, help. So we looked at her job application and the letter of responsibilities. And I'm like, hi, that's like a resume. That's like an online profile. They all are very similar. Here's who I'm looking for. Um, and we looked at some candidates and I said, well, this is the one right here. And she and I like made up a story about this person's life experience based on the story that was written in her resume. And my client's like, how did you know that? And I said, well, I don't for sure, but this is what her resume says. And she's like, okay, it's going to take me a couple of weeks. I'll get up the courage and I'll interview her. I'm like, you don't have weeks of downtime for this in your business. Things are rolling. Let's get on it. And she's like, I don't know how to conduct an interview. And I'm like, okay, how about you stay here? I will conduct the a behavioral interview because I've done thousands of them in my professional life. And we'll see how it goes. And she's like, you would do that? Yes, yes, I would. This I can do in my wheelhouse so I call her up and I explain that you know the employer is on the phone and that I'd like to conduct a behavioral interview and would she be willing does she have a few moments for the funnest interview of her life and she's like well yeah and so we are laughing we're having a good time we're figuring things out if she's got the skills for this job and I pause and I'm like, ooh, I did promise this was going to be the funnest interview of your life. How's the benchmark? And she's like, definitely the funnest interview of my life. Anyway, because I know my client, I cleared some potential you know, relationship hazards right then and there, laying the foundation of the relationship on her behalf. Great. So, she's, so we hang up the phone. Perfect candidate. Can we hire her? This is actually an answer to your, your didn't know to ask the question. And my client is saying, well, won't we look desperate if we just 
tell her she's hired right away? Um, shouldn't we wait a couple of weeks? Do we have to tell all the other people they didn't get the job? I'm like, oh my God, no, not in this day and age. We don't. Um, I said, you're not going to look desperate. You're going to look excited and enthusiastic. And like, this is a great opportunity. I can't wait to see you tomorrow if you're asking someone out for the next day. In this case, we hired her. Um, they've been working together for several years now, very happy relationship. So if you meet someone on a Friday night and that person says, I, I think you're the cat's meow, I can't wait to see you again. What would you be doing tomorrow? Do you have time on your schedule? Can we set something up? That shows enthusiasm, not let's just wait a week and put this on the back burner. Mm. Let's let the chemistry phase of this relationship actually be exciting. Build it up. Go for it, Jeff. Go for it. So 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 then so then it is it is just I'm really bad at at the actual date. I'm good at the meat. <laughs> And, and and again, this reinforces negative behavior. At least a little intoxicated when I meet her, sober on the date. She liked the intoxicated version. <laughs> oh, so now, okay, so that's that's a different uh, issue. But that's we need to build your self confidence, your self confidence that you're equally fantastic human, sober as well as you know when all of your inhibitions are gone. You're super fun right now. I don't know how much you had to drink yet today. Oh, I'm but... completely, completely sober right now. You're good. You're interesting. Days. You're fun. You're dynamic. You're engaged. You're intelligent. You're articulate. Those are all really great things that somebody wants in a partner because you want that sort of thing. So let's say you meet someone on your Friday. Well, let's play this out for you. And you're like, oh, yeah, she looks like she's a i'm assuming heterosexual could be any which way but yeah. um so then let's say you're out you're out with friends and you're like who is she hello 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 there's the cat's meow and um so you know you then the law of attraction brings you together you introduce yourself you connect she's age appropriate ish She's enjoying the similar things that you're enjoying. You might have friends in common and you start asking questions like if, you know, family is really important to you. Wow. You know, what kinds of adventures do you like to go on? If adventure is important to you, do you bring your family? How do you celebrate holidays? These are the kinds of things to talk about core values. If, um, so what is something that's super important to you, Jeff? Let's make this about you. Uh, well, everything is. In addition to uh, your friend alcohol uh, and your kids. Family is definitely number one. And, and, oh, and right. kids, sports. but also. You're a sports fan. I am a big sports fan. Okay. So then maybe asking a question about that. Like, when was the last time you went to a game, a Bulls game or something? Um then she's going to be like, uh, never, <laughs> or yeah, go bulls or something like that. I mean, I'm pulling this from the background of your set here. Yeah. Um, I'm not really like psychic. You're not a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much to be psychic sometimes. <laughs> um, 
So, so, okay. So you're asking her so that you start to align and find common ground. By the way, I teach this, the art of relationshiping to people of all ages. And I had the high school group that I teach. Um, they went through the moments of truth and these are actually their words. So it's so good. As you meet, you introduce yourself, you find this common ground. Then let's say you're laughing, you're having a good time, you're being in the moment. One thing that you can do that would really spike this connection is to use your senses. Like, oh my God, this music is so awesome. Let's dance to it. Oh my God, this dinner smells so good. So you're basically, we connect with one another and ourselves. We interpret the world through our senses. So including and engaging the senses and sharing that is a really great gift because shared experiences bring people together and build that relationship. Another should not be a secret tip is rather than saying I, use the we. I want to dance with you is very different or would you like to dance with me is also very different than should we dance together? Mm. That's a we project. It changes things from you still get to maintain your individuality. Now you're something more. You're a we. So, you know, or, you know, shall we order something? Let's have mozzarella sticks or something. Would you know, would you like, shall we share this? So connecting the individualness to the togetherness is giving the cues that you'd like to be in partnership with someone. All right, you have a great knockdown drag out time and you realize you got the kids the following week. So you need to ask her out again. What's going on? You can say something like, I'm wondering if you might have any availability, you know, tomorrow or Sunday. Because I, I, it would be great if we were able to share some more time together. So I'd like to see you send a different message. You Would you like to go out with me is also a different message. But do you think we could share some more time together? Is like, oh, we are now a we. Okay. It's subtle, but it's profound. So then, I mean, it's so good. Let's keep this going. But I'm not going to be like, we're not staying up all night to do it. But I'll see you, let's, you know, and then Saturday goes great. And then, you know, oh my God, there's this great new brunch place. Do you think we would enjoy going to that? Would it be fun? Okay, now you've spent three dates with this person. Now you can say, and a lot of when we're connecting with someone is understanding their frequency, their patterns. And, you know, women share custody of children too. So sometimes there every other week. So oftentimes people will come to me and go, I don't know why he's not talking to me this week. And I'm like, does he have his kids? Yes. That's why he's not talking to you this week. <laughs> so rather than being a mind reader, you can just tell this new um, manufacturer, invisible, we are talking about invisible friends. <laughs> <laughs> We, we had to get there at some point. <laughs> For some reason, our conversation went to invisible friends in the green room before you started recording. And here we are. So I've made up a <laughs> girlfriend for you. You may name her if you like. Um, and so now let her know that I've got my kids this week. So I'm not that available, but I'd love it if we could get together next week. 
you know, it's setting a realistic expectation, no game playing. If you're a game player, I'm not your relationship coach, go to someone else. Um, but it's too hard to keep the game going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let her know, don't expect her to be a mind reader. Let her know, you know, let's text during the week or blah, 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 blah. I'll call you on Thursday. Would it be okay if I called you on Thursday? And let's set something up for the following week. I can't wait for us to spend some more time together. Let's come up with a list of things we love to do. I mean, now you've got all kinds of things going on. And that's when you move into the casual phase of a relationship. I got you there, didn't I? Ha! You're now in the casual phase. So you want to know what happens in the casual phase of a relationship? Yes. Yeah, it's been a while since I... <laughs> All right. So once we've got you there and for some reason in my head, I've given her a pretend name of Tara. Okay. Your girlfriend, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> so that she's, she's got some identity, right? Um, that, you know, you were like, is it okay if we talk on Thursday? All right, great. And let's plan something. Let's come up with a list of things we would enjoy sharing together. Um, so now each of you, you pick up the phone, you do call her when, when you said you were going to, and you've each come up with an idea, a list of things that you might enjoy doing together. So now you've already set what you're going to talk about. You don't have to be like, uh, hi, I'm super sober and boring right now. Uh, <laughs> um, but you've already, you've, you've set the tone for the relationship. I'm digging you. I want to know more. Let's be curious and find out about one another. So you come up with something, you got an idea of what to do. And let's say there's this uh, dive bar with darts and you guys think this is the best way to laugh and enjoy some time together. So this is, you know, maybe we've done this for a couple of rounds and we're out doing stuff. You've been able to go to a game or two. Um, you've gone out to dinner. You've been playing darts. That's your thing. Tuesday nights is dart. Every other Tuesday is darts or whatever it is. Um, this then becomes the casual phase of the relationship. You still get all the dopamine hit when you know that someone is thinking about you and that you're really into this. Then in the casual phase, what happens here is we as mammals really enjoy being able to anticipate what's going to happen and look forward to it. So now we've just set up a situation with you and your pretend girlfriend, Tara, um, go play darts every other Tuesday. And when you go do that, you have an idea of what to expect and where you're going to go and what it's going to be like. And we feel that that is very comforting. That's why we like going to the same restaurants and ordering the same favorite food because we like to know we already like it and we're, get to, we're gonna get to have that experience again. It's similar to listening to your favorite song over and over again because you can anticipate what's gonna happen. And then in that, you know, there's all kinds of exciting things that happen within it. But there's another thing that happens in the casual phase of a relationship. While you're looking forward to that kiss again with someone who you're enjoying so much, there's also what happens here is this is when we may have like red flag deal breaker potential going on. Wow, uh, you know, I don't know. And what would be a deal breaker for you? Do you know? Um, For me? 
yeah with a female uh i other than cheating would would say there's really i mean if we're in a you know established relationship other right. than that i don't really think there'd be anything All right so that... let's use cheating um and tara finally says to you you know jeff you're so great this is awesome i'm polyamorous are you okay with me going out with all kinds of people and you're gonna be like that's really not what i was looking for you don't want to be a number amongst many not ideal Okay, so that might be a deal breaker for you. That would be the big red flag and you would need to distance yourself from that. However, if she says something that is like, makes you think, oh geez, is she seeing other people? Am I just one of the many? That would be what I call a yellow flag. And then you would then, it's then time, that's a signal to up-level the relationship a little bit and say, you know, we're having so much fun together. I'd really like for both of us to know that we're going on to this, we're continuing in this relationship with the intention. And I'd like to not have to worry that you're seeing someone else while we're, you know, while we're making this discovery to see if this is right for us. So you're not obligating her to marriage and long-term and all the other things riding off into the sunset. But while you're in this discovery period of seeing if you guys are right together, would it be okay if we're monogamous? And if she's also someone who is monogamous, she's gonna find that a big relief and start to feel even safer in the relationship. That then would create a green light go. And by having that very difficult or hard conversation pushes you to that handshake commitment because you said what I'd love is, a, a mono is for us to be monogamous. And she's like, Phew, me too. That's an agreement. That catapults you forward into the chemistry phase of the relationship all over again. And you get all the little goosebumps going, yes, Tara's my new gal. I'm her guy. And we get to have fun together because it's literally changed the relationship. Even if it's just a little bit, it's an agreement the two of you've made. Then you go into the casual form or the chemistry portion of the relationship again, excited that you've got this agreement and you've up-leveled the relationship a little bit. Now you're a partnership and it's that's when you can start considering introducing this person to your friends and your kids and your family because now it's like, oh, here's somebody of importance, a person of interest. And that's how you continue to up-level and move through from chemistry to casual to committed in a personal relationship. So we got you all the way to a commitment stage in your relationship. How do you feel? I, uh, well, first off, I was just, I, I was holding back laughter when you uh, were talking about when, when your example was go to a dive bar and play darts. I'm like, oh, that's, that's exactly what I love to do. <laughs> I'm like, do I just yeah. scream? Do I just scream that guy? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people who love that. That's why there are dive bars with dart boards. <laughs> I, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> as much as I drink, I prefer the plastic tip darts, just to be clear. <laughs> just less, for the record. <laughs> less hazardous. I sometimes like to buzz the tower of, uh, not a girl, but if my if I'm just there with a buddy, I'll, I'll throw one right over his head. A lot less pressure if it's a plastic tip dart. I'm just... <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, Just. yeah. It's not funny if it's a metal dart and you miss. Right. <laughs> Plastic dart, it's funny no matter what happens. 
There you go. There you go. Um, no, I mean it. Yeah, no, it it makes sense. Um, and it, uh, you know, I, th I'm I'm wondering, and I, I bet again, this is something you've encountered a million times, and it's kind of a twofold thing. One is, I do think, just with me personally, uh, there's a I. The first thing I said was I meet when I'm maybe a little drunk and introduce myself and I've got all the self-confidence in the world because I've got alcohol flowing through me. When I don't, I think maybe I have a, a lower self-esteem. So my thought is this is a very attractive woman. I need to show her how great I am. So maybe I do come off as a narcissist because I'm trying to prove my value when I don't really care when I'm drunk because I already know I'm the best. But when I'm sober, I'm thinking, oh, man, she's way too hot for me. I need to figure out a way to make her, you know, be like, yeah, I know he's chubby. And I, why do I like, why am I on a date with this guy? <laughs> that's that's the conversation I'm reading from her. When The stories we tell ourselves. Yes. So suddenly you show up with some insecurities. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I think I, think I can show up in one day and be the most confident person in the world. And uh, the next day show up and seem either to either to be again, I could see it coming off as me just think acting like I'm, oh, let me tell you all these great things I'm doing and how great I am and how great my life is. And they might be like, oh, this guy's not as cool as the guy I met yesterday. He just talks about himself all the time. This is a very common occurrence. And when I hear about these kinds of things, what I hear about, it's like first dates. Ooh, first dates can be rough. And what we're doing is we're nervous and we want to make a good impression. And so we're giving our best and we're throwing it out there. And sometimes we forget that it's not a job interview, mm -hmm. but it's a personal interview. And those types of interviews should be conducted a little bit differently right. because, and uh, well, differently and the same, if only we would do this. But in the job interview, you're going to put your best foot forward and you're going to say, what are the responsibilities of the job? Here's what I've done in the past to demonstrate that I'm the right candidate, that I'll be able to satisfy those needs in the future. All right, let's overlay that onto this personal date, this first date, where suddenly you're sober and the lights are bright and there are no darts and your friend alcohol is a little bit farther away than you wanted. And you're like talking too much. Um, because you're trying to impress what's happening at the other end of the table on the other side of the table what do you think is going on in her head she's then I think you were saying oh god what am I doing this guy is all about himself and chubby is that what you said uh yeah well yeah I I am that <laughs> but it doesn't matter if it's not what she's looking for you won't believe me until you find true true love and she's going to be coming to me saying he makes me feel like a goddess and you're going to be saying i just won the jackpot and that's what i hear from people that's why i'm saying it it's like you know walking on air kind of love i'm viscerally accepted in every part of my being that I've never felt like I could authentically be myself in relationships before this. Um, it feels, this kind of love feels like cotton candy. I loved that one. Um, so that's what we're looking for. And if you don't know that feeling, then it's my opportunity to say, all right, let's get you there. 
and give you a little bit of that feeling so that you don't always know when it's wrong. But Jeff, you always know when it's right. So that's the tricky bit because, you know, my clients will be coming to me going, well, this is what's right about the da 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 but and I'll be like, do you feel like you're in walking on air, cotton candy kind of love? And they'll be like, yeah, no, he talked about himself the whole time. I didn't feel like I was part of it. I, yeah, no, I don't see where this could go. All right. So then what you've done is you've gotten some data points from that encounter. So then the next person that you connect with, then transform all that it's about me. Because you know what, Jeff? Don't you think that if somebody was really interested in you, you would find that interesting? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So be curious about her. Be as curious as you can possibly be because that's what you're showing up. You're not really showing up to do a song and dance. Bada bum bum You're going to say, wow, you're fascinating. How did you know, how did you move to this part of town? How did you decide to make this happen? How did you become a that? Wow. You know, be interested in her in your date. Because you will naturally share what you think is that what she, what you think she needs to hear about you. But what everyone wants to know is that they are being valued and that they are valuable. And if you can demonstrate that to her, that vulnerability, it might feel vulnerable to you, but it's actually a lot more stabilizing. It's not like, ha ha, look at me, I am fantastic. It's more like, wow, you're the most fascinating woman I've ever met. I really wanna know more. And she's gonna be like, I, I kinda wanna know more about you too. See how the dynamic shifted? And then it's not this interview that's so uncomfortable and stiff where you're supposed to, you know, have your hands in a specific way. And you don't need to talk about what happened in the past because it's really not about that. I mean, I I figured this out on my very first date after my husband had passed. As a widow, that creates a whole new set of parameters mm -hmm. and... Uh, so I went out on this date with this lovely gentleman and he said, so how long have you been divorced? And I said, well, I'm not okay for him to hear. I'm not divorced would have been a big red flag deal flag deal breaker, right? Oops. I'm going out with a woman who's not divorced. Yeah. Uh, uh Oh, I didn't mean anything by that. So I quickly, you know, clarified I'm widowed. And he is someone who could not handle that. And I understand that better now than I did in that moment. But he he can't, some people can't handle their mortality. And I didn't have a choice to be able, you know, we were all, everyone I've met so far is supposedly mortal. Um, so it's a different set of life experiences and then he, you know, dug down on that. And what I've learned since then is to say, you know, rather than digging into the previous relationships that didn't go well, just like in a job interview, you wouldn't talk about all the terrible things that happened in the company you worked for before. Right. That's not going to get you the job. 
nor is complaining about your ex or whatever else. It's not going to get you the next partner. So what I've learned to say is something along the lines of, you know, had an incredible marriage. Um, I, it's, it's definitely, in your case, you can say it's definitely completed. It's over. In my case, I said his dying words were, I love you. I am ready to be in a new relationship. You can write this down. So you've got it in pocket, Jeff. I'm ready to be in a new relationship. And I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, this, you're, we are very interesting. Let's make this about us. I'm happy to share all of the details with you at some appropriate time, but let's make this about us. What that says is I'm not hiding anything. I'll tell you all of it, but you know, let's learn about one another first, rather than going into the trenches of, you know, the, the magazine covers on the grocery stands of, you know, dating hell. We don't need that. That's not what that date's about. So let them know you're happy to share all of it. You don't have any secrets, complete transparency, but let's make this about us so that you can actually get to know one another and decide if it's really worth going down the path to say what didn't work, but that's another time. So that's the casual phase of the relationship and how to move through some challenging situations. No, that's all all great advice. And yeah, it's a, we don't need to read the encyclopedia of my life. Let's just talk about the now and what we... <laughs> yeah, and you can say, oh yeah, I, you know, I used to go to all the sporting events, blah, 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 blah. I have a flag or some pair, you know, some souvenir from each one. Do you have you done anything like that? Do you collect stuff? So give her make it a conversation, not a presentation. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good way to uh, to do it. And as you can see from being on my podcast, it's not like I talk about myself all the time at all. <laughs> if I had a bottle of alcohol right here, I'd be like, no, it's me and my friend Jack. <laughs> 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 well, you 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 are one of the special guests who get a completely sober podcast from me. <laughs> uh, handle all sides of you, and so would your imaginary girlfriend. Appreciate, you know, uh, you know each the drunk Jeff, sober Jeff, happy Jeff. Huh, what are we gonna do now, Jeff? All the things. That's what we want. We want someone who accepts all of us, not just one aspect of us. So being transparent, up-leveling relationships through communication builds that kind of trust. Being authentic and honest about those things also then builds respect between you. It's not, it's not an impossibility. It's totally doable. No. Well, if, if I can do it, anyone can't, that would be, <laughs> but that remains to be seen if I can. I will, what, one last thing, cause I want to, I want everyone to know where, where they can find you and everything, but well, I, one last thing I was considering. So, yep. I had a friend point this out to me uh, a few times in the past couple of years, or different friends point this out to me. When, you know, the, the first question when you meet someone, before you're even on a date, when you're just like the meet at a bar, whatever, uh, almost always the first question is, what do you do? 
and unfortunately my answer is uh, acting comedy podcasting um and a friend told me you should lie about that because the reason the reason he said and i understand it is they have a million questions they want to ask you because you've got interesting things to talk about but then they're always going to think you're a narcissist because they just grilled you the whole time and you're just answering questions about yourself and i'm like had a few i've had a few dates like that where it's like all right all right I, i'm glad you're interested in what i do and i can talk all day but i i don't know anything about you and you know so i i do I, I not lie about what i do but maybe sell it in a way that is dis <laughs> that doesn't sound good um <laughs> look at you answering the question for yourself well done <laughs> yeah so it, it, if you're going to lie, what message is that sending to someone? Oh, it's a it's a horrible one. Yeah, I, I knew it as soon as I as soon as I said it. But <laughs> I I need a way to soft sell what I do to make it sound more boring though, and then later reveal the fun parts of it. <laughs> At least not let them know I have a podcast so they can listen to two weeks of me talking about everything. Well, if somebody is that intrigued, um, that that shows their interest in you, that's kind of that's kind of cool, actually. It is, unless they're like, in this episode, you talk to this person, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I remember talking to that person, but that's about all you're going to get out of me. I don't, I don't remember what I talked about in in uh, June of 2021 with whoever I talked to. <laughs> right. So then you can go. <laughs> I've got people everywhere. Um, so, okay. So my thought on what you're saying is this, if you're going to send, if you want to invite somebody who's going to be authentic and real with you, then you need to be authentic and real. I had a friend of mine, not a client, but a friend of mine was saying, oh yeah, he's got this great girlfriend. Everything is amazing. And then he found, she found out that um, he lied about his age and so then she broke up with him and i'm like how does that possibly surprise you because if you're being if you're lying about that um what else are you lying about and such a trivial you, thing yeah right so the reality is this she doesn't know where these lies start and stop and what we tend to do is we will amplify who we are because we want to make a good impression and or we'll say like you know we want to be the sparkly object to attract as many people as possible and in reality you don't want as many people as possible right. you really don't you want high quality interested interesting people but sometimes you need you know qual uh, quantity then quality just to know that you're desirable i get it so once you get there then it's a matter of are you who you say you are let's say you lie about your job and you're like i'm an accountant and this and maybe this relationship works but then at some point this amazing person is going to be like wait a second i thought you were an accountant what you know do you have a secret family somewhere too yeah. what are you lying about we can't maintain 
that um, archetype. We can't contain it's at some point it, we can't maintain that falsehood. So when you are authentically yourself and you attract someone who is truly attracted to you, it just makes life easier and it makes relationships so much more fun. So what you were saying is, I have the greatest job in the world. Wow, it's so cool. It's so great. And it's like, yeah, well then turn it around. If what you want to talk about is your occupation, plus your job right now, you know, professional opportunities come and go. Age, well, that just goes. Looks <laughs> go. Money comes and goes. At some point, you know, it's like you're in this perfect moment right now. So being true to who that is, is great. But understanding the value that you bring to the relationship is actually what somebody of uh, quality wants to know. Not, are you a celebrity? Are you famous? Are you rich? What kind of car do you drive? What is your network that can help me, you know, achieve my goals? That when somebody's saying, so what do you do for a living? To me, it feels like they're trying to find out if you can afford them or get them to a connection that is going to be meaningful for them. Mm. So I don't actually love that as a first question of what do you do? Whereas if you start out more playful and find out what their core values are of, oh my God, what was the last thing that made you laugh? Then you're, you know, they're going to be searching for things that made them laugh in their head. You're connecting yourself to them with laughter, joviality, fun times, those kinds of things. So those moto neuro mirror neurons are going to be like, ding, ding, ding. I see this guy. I think of things that are positive and fun and funny. It's just those kinds of the values we bring to a relationship and the qualities that keep you so popular in the role that you're in, those are enduring and endearing. So that's what you want to share more than here's my job title, here's my salary, and here's who I know who can help you succeed. <laughs> that's short-lived. Let's go for something that's a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a, well, I guess I don't need to tell you that's an extremely insightful answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to share it with you. Uh, where, where can my, where can my listeners find you? Because I have a feeling many of them, whether it be professional or personal, uh, could probably use help. Um, and I know you also have a book, right? Life worth living, I believe. Correct. Yep. I'm on my fifth book, actually. Your fifth so, book. Yeah. Life worth living, uh, is the personal relationshiping. It's available on Amazon. My publisher has it um e, e copy print copy or audible and that and it's made international best-selling list several times and the new management blueprint this book is all about professional relationships and how to rise up as a leader in an organization so this is how to spark talent ignite winning teams and creating valuable results so aligning your team with the mission and vision of the company so there's success is inevitable it's super fun it's super easy 
when companies asked me to come in and help them with the corporate culture or to do this on their behalf because something went awry or they just need to establish it. Um, it's it's very easy. So that's about professional relationshiping. The next three books are a series and my publisher hasn't put them to print yet, but it's Find Love Now. And these are the books to guide um, guide you to attract the right one to you. Um, so someone would need to have to reach out to me directly because my publisher hasn't put them to print yet. Um, and the way to get in touch with me is to go to the art of relationshipping.com. At the art of relationshipping.com, I have lots of free resources. You can download how to put together a personal profile to find true love that, you know, so this is how it will really work. Um, there's the secrets of happiness and how to get there. There's all kinds of great things that you can access for free at the art of relationshipping. And there's also a button that if you would like to spend some time with me and we can develop your relationship challenge and relationship dream come true, as well as your relationship strategy, then you just go click speak with Michelle at the art of relationshipping. And you're welcome to put some time on my calendar as one of Jeff's listeners. That's my gift to you. Oh, well, take advantage of that. And really, I, I think, again, you just hopefully people get as much listening to this as I, I have uh, gotten. I'm like, I'm like, awesome. I'm gonna need to listen to this again. I don't, I don't usually listen to my podcasts after I record them. But I'm like, Oh, I'll, yeah, this is <laughs> that's good. Hey, Jeff, if you'd like to go to the art of relationshiping and put some time on my calendar. I'd be happy to help you. <laughs> I might take you up on that. <laughs> I think you can tell I, I need some help. Uh. I'm right here. I'm telling you, people come to me. They're alone. They are lonely. It's frustrating. They've made decisions because they thought it was the right thing to do, but it was a major commitment. They didn't realize, you know, till death do us part. This isn't the right relationship for us. There might be kids involved. There may not be kids involved, but it's like when you found yourself, you know, with people because your friends like them or your parents think it would be a good match. But what about you? Who are you going to have that pillow talk with? Who is going to, you know, be the one that you get excited about seeing when you come home or you're already home, but, um, you know, when you walk into the room, we want someone with the enthusiasm of a puppy wagging their tail going, it's you. I want to see you. I can't wait. <laughs> what am I going to do now? Um, that's who you want coming into your life. And so that I get to help people find that is such a gift for me. Um, and it's, I, I love getting those texts and phone calls. I got a boyfriend. I got a boyfriend. I'm looking to have fun. Or with Michelle's help, I was able to understand the relationship that I was in wasn't the right one for either of us. And then, and I'm, I can actually just read it right off. And he was saying, here it is. With Michelle's guidance, I was able to clearly see the relationship I was in was the wrong fit for both of us. Michelle helped me understand what I really needed and wanted. It was through this, Michelle guided me to love myself enough to find my soulmate. When I found her, 
I knew immediately she is the one for me. And I knew how to show her I'm the one for her. Being married to the right person is the greatest way to enjoy life. We go through struggles hand in hand, knowing we have each other to build a life worth living. And he put the name of my book in there because he rocks, but... <laughs> that's that's just a good writing. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I see what you did there. That was so nice. Yeah. I'm so glad that he's happy. And he did. He picked the right person. It's like I said, you don't always know when it's wrong, but you always know when it's right. And that is the greatest feeling on earth. I mean, I've got clients between the ages of 35 and 84. And on her 84th birthday, I wished her happy birthday. She sent me a picture of herself with her boyfriend in Greece. And she says, thank you. Mm. I could have gone my whole life without finding true love. And now I've got it. Because you don't want to wait. You you know, again, I'm a widow. I know that life is way too short. You have one precious life. Live it with someone who you totally enjoy. Now is the time now because life is better with good love in it so go to the art of relationshiping put some time on my calendar i can't wait to meet you in person and jeff i can't wait to see what happens when we <laughs> move the needle for you <laughs> we already have i think a little I, bit i i think so quite a bit um thank you so much michelle you've got the best behaved cheetah i've ever seen behind you <laughs> <laughs> Is that not a good pup? <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah, just uh, perfectly behaved. It's. <laughs> yeah, she's I had, to, I had to make a call back to the cheetah from the green room. So. <laughs> yeah, she's good. Not quite cheetah status, but she meets my 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 expectations for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's many cheetahs that are that calm and cool. Don't have a lot of experience with them, but uh... <laughs> no, me either. But my Dalmatian's a darling. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I, I will make sure she makes the uh, the screenshot for the uh, when I do the episode <laughs> art. <laughs> okay, super right. fun. Thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you so much, Michelle Hoffman. Um, I told her I don't. Well, I'm giving away that I don't actually go back and listen to these episodes before I air them. But this is what I'm going to go back and listen to uh, because uh, the advice uh, that, that she gave, I do think, will help me. So we'll we'll see. Um, check her out, all of her, uh, the art of relationshipping, uh, and tell her Jeff sent you. Um, take advantage. Um so yeah, a great stuff, uh, great lady, uh, someone who you know, I I, <laughs> I I I kept talking to her for a long time after, uh, and frankly before uh, the actual recording part, and um, yeah, she's a she's a lovely person, and uh, I someone who I need to uh, stay in contact with, I think for sure. Um, as I was literally, as I'm editing this episode out, um, which is the day before it will air, um, I, I was just popping over to Facebook to uh, make sure I had the right link to, uh, put in the show notes for, uh, tickets for women want everything. 
and uh, Rob posted up uh, my uh, interview, I uh, uh, behind the scenes interview for uh, for the uh, Women Want Everything. Uh, so I will throw that link in there too. You can find that on YouTube. He's got a couple of uh, splices of me playing Stuart uh, in there as well. So check that out on the uh, YouTube. Give that sucker a like and uh buy your tickets it's exciting exciting stuff um i can't spoil i asked rod you know obviously the premiere may 27th uh i did ask rod uh in our my podcast with him that you'll be able to catch in two weeks uh the movie will probably be distributed and available uh, not until the summer, so June, July, August, potentially, before you can actually see it on your streaming services uh, or DVD, if if you still uh, <clears throat> do that. I think I'll get a DVD just to make sure I always have a copy. Uh, don't need to rely on the internet. Anywho, so, you know, if, if you're local, this might be the only chance you get to see the, you know, to see the movie for, it might be a couple months before you can actually catch it, if you don't catch it. On May 27th. All right. Thanks, folks. Uh, do all the links. Check all the boxes. Blah, blah, blahs. Rates, reviews, subscribes. Blah. Boom. It's over. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You want to just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week.